Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. <laughs> We're back. We're back. Oh, to become one. What was that? I Spice Girls. I don't know. They do have a song called "To Become One." To become one. What was that other song from S Club to Seven? To become one. Uh, not S Club, um, but the slow one. I just remember everyone. No party. Uh, dressed in yeah. White. Oh, I don't remember their ballad. Yeah, but I remember bopping out at a little eleven-year-old. That was the S Club Seven was it. It the one. Um, hey guys, I'm Brian <laughs> and I'm Shane, and you are listening to Fruit Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck is it so hot in New York right now? It's it's the it's climate change. It's the apocalypse. It feels it's like happening. The pits of hell. You know what is crazy? Like on my way here, I was thinking. They say that the earth is just getting hotter. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, we have, like, AC and stuff, but you can't do anything when it's this hot. No. Like, literally, there have been advisories for the past three days to not leave if you don't have to. What I like about the summer is that the sun is out. What I yeah. hate about the summer is that the sun makes it hot out. Hot. Hot. Because with being cold, like, people are like, I hate being cold. But the thing with being cold is, like, you can get warm while you're in it. Mm. You can't get cool while you're hot. No. Like, if you're no. outside, you're dead. Mm-hmm. I the past know. few days have been between 97 and 100 without heat index. No. So with heat index, it's been 110 to 115. Work. That sucks. And humid. When I landed this morning at 5 a.m., we were waiting outside for the van. Mm-hmm. 5 a.m. It was like already 90 degrees. Yeah. I was like, the fuck is this shit? Yeah. And I hate feeling moist and wet. It's gross. Disgusting. And But the thing, well, the one thing that I appreciate about New York is everybody here looks and feels this way like so when you walk just... around and you're like oh i feel so gross like tonight i'm supposed to go to dinner and then i was invited later to like uh, someone's like birthday party and i was like well fuck i'm not gonna be home all day and i'm gonna be outside all day which is gonna make me gross yeah. but i was like everybody even if they shower just before the party has to be on the subway or right. walking to and from and you just get gross and everybody understands it's 100 degrees out like the party's at eight or nine it's still going to be almost 100 sure. degrees at 8 or 9. And what sucks about the, the subway is all that hot, funky-ass air gets stuck it just, underground. It just stays down there and sits. And, yeah, it's disgusting. During um, Pride Weekend, actually, outside of the Stonewall Inn, um, people's shoes were literally melting to the ground. Like, you could see the, the parts of the, um, the tar that uh-huh. were bubbling and people were like straddled over it while you were standing because they had like Lady Gaga and stuff up on a stage, um, like talking. So everybody right. was just like watching and cheering right, on. Right. But everybody was like tapping one another. They were like, hey, move your right foot because everybody was looking around. Uh, Shoes were melting to the ground. Chad uh, was out here uh-huh. and uh, he's a friend from LA. And his like new shoes had tar on the bottom of them and he's like fuck because like what are you gonna do you can't get that off um yeah it was wild it'll work yeah hey climate change All right, guys, so for this fruit roll-up, I feel like we have a lot to catch up on because we have not seen each other for quite some time. When was the last time we saw each other? Um, it's been almost a month, honestly. It's been a while. Where were we? Um, LA. Was it? Right? Chelsea's wedding? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into it, you guys, as Did you a- know she's pregnant now? 
No, she's not. No, she's not. I was like, the fuck? <laughs> I just like spreading um, rumors. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And keep, um, if you guys are listening at this time, take this time now to screenshot and then add it to your Instagram story. We'll post it on ours just to kind of get a buzz. But again, if you're private, we can see it. But... Or we can't see it because we follow no one. So people keep telling me, oh, you're not posting my screenshot. But if you're private, I can't see it. Uh, you know? Because yeah. we're not following anyone. Yeah. And um, we can't follow every listener. But thank you guys so much for doing that. Yeah. Have you noticed, like, Instagram stories messing up? Um, like, I always see, like, two stories in a row that are the same. But oh, one yeah. is unedited and the other is edited. Yeah. Instagram's so, like, been yeah not doing so hot lately, though. They've been having a lot of outages, I feel. Them and Facebook. Yeah. Well, I don't have it's Facebook. It's probably climate so. change. Climate change. Everything's climate change, yeah. <laughs> Everything's overheating. Wait, so, Shane. Yes. You're 30. I'm 30. Ooh. Tell We're me about 30. Tell the listeners thriving. what you did for your birthday. Actually, not a whole lot. Okay. Like, um, I had been, so, uh, Edward's boy, Edward's birthday, Edward's birthday was exactly one week before mine. Mm-hmm. And we spent a few days celebrating his, and I, um, long story short, I had really fucked up his birthday last year, and mm. I just, I wasn't great. And so I did a lot to make up for that, mm-hmm. and just try to make this year, like, so special for him. Mm-hmm. So I honestly didn't think about my birthday um, until, the like, two days before, because it was Edward's birthday Monday, I was working the rest of the week until Sunday, my birthday was Monday, and then I worked Tuesday. So I knew I couldn't do anything, like, you know, too much. And I'm planning a trip to Barcelona to celebrate. Um, But the day of, I honestly, like, hung out by myself, like, in my room or around my apartment. um, And just, like, relaxed. And it was nice for the first time in, like, over a week at that point to just not have to rush anywhere. But the nighttime actually turned out to be really great. Like, I met... um, I I had planned to go to... uh, two super cute bars that I had never been to downtown in Chelsea. Um, and they were just like new spaces, but really cute inside. And um, friends popped in and out all night. And it was crazy because I never expected more than like two or three people to be there at a time. And within the first hour, we had to move to like a full round booth because there were like seven or eight of us there mm. all at once for a good like hour and a half, two hours. And in the city, that's like a big accomplishment. Because people are so transient here. They're Not even like, in the oh, city, but like being our age, yeah. like our generation. Yeah. Everyone's so like, uh, yeah, I'll see if I can make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, it, it ended up being really great of a mm. night. And mm-hmm. it was cool because I, because I went to two places. The first place was like, I had like, you know, those seven or eight friends. Um, and then we moved and everybody kind of had to go when we moved. Um but then, like, a few more friends showed up to the second place, and it was, like, that... It was, like, a two-chapter kind of night, and it just worked out really well. Um, but, like I said, I've still kind of been celebrating. Like, this past weekend, I went to Fire Island. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yesterday I did, just for the day. And it still kind of felt like I got to celebrate a little bit, like, just relax, lounge by a pool. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, and then Barcelona's coming up. When are you going to Barcelona? Probably, like, the start of September. I... Because... We fly standby. I'm just waiting until summer flying yeah. dies down. Let me know. Maybe I'll join you. Okay. Because well, who are you and going with? I don't with? want it to be too hot. Are you going with anyone? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm open to anybody coming. I just don't like asking people to come. Have to you Barcelona. asked anyone? Uh, I've mentioned it to people, and they're mm-hmm. like, "I'd love to." But, 
but, but we know how that Barcelona. is. It's Barcelona. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, fun. Yeah. Let me so know. I'm excited. I'm just keeping it going. Like, Well, welcome to the club. Yeah, 30 and you. thriving. I will note, though, I was actually excited to be excited about my birthday this year. And when I realized that it was just going to be very different than I had mentally anticipated yeah or desired or like fantasized about it being it made me really sad at first um and then i had this like appreciation for everybody showed up that should have right well Um, i honestly i know this is kind of off tangent but i almost feel like that's kind of what being older means right mm -hmm. where you let go of what should be and just accept what is yeah not in a morbid or sad sense but like honestly like i feel like when you're young you're like you didn't send me a birthday text Mm. you didn't do this you didn't but 30 not that it's 30 but just older you're like okay Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is yeah well robert rubbo was like telling me he's like uh 30s when you are just okay with like cutting people or totally things out of your life that are not serving you well anymore and he's like i don't know what it is about that age but he's like it's just the point well, where you're like i just don't need it anymore well i think you realize your energy is your currency and yeah the way you spend your energy is very important mm-hmm. at that time you're yeah. just like you know what i don't need to be like exhausting myself yeah over fickle things yeah yeah but i am excited about a new decade work something about like a decade where you're like oh my god it's a brand new you know me i love a good reset yeah a starting point yeah a start <clears throat> so for me i have so much to update you on do you i really do i'm not kidding oh. um have you had sex no i wish do you have a boyfriend? um yes i knew it it's my right hand <laughs> we've been <laughs> we've been um really committed over so the you years have had sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know every night um no but where where to start so just to update the listeners too, because I feel like we've talked about things in my life, but now there's like final decisions. Last we spoke about Tokyo, I finally made the decision and he's no longer with me. Yeah. yeah um, Tokyo being my to dog. To clarify, he didn't die. He he's, didn't die. He's yeah. not your dog anymore. No, he's not my dog anymore. Oh my gosh. So my old roommate, Sydney, that I brought up, she's been on the podcast before. She was our first guest. She decided to um, take him because it just worked better for everyone. And since not having him it's been like a positive thing. Like, yeah, yeah, it kind of sucks when I think about it, but like honestly day to day, I realize, and I'm a very rational person. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's the best decision. But what's funny is I gave her, I gave him up officially. Like she's already been watching him for like since May. Yeah. But, um, I like, I think the start of like mid June, I finally, or no, what, what, what month are we in? July. July. Beginning of July. I was like, Hey, take him full time he's your dog we're gonna mm-hmm. you know he's your dog now yeah. she's like okay well in two weeks can you watch my dog I'm going out of town <laughs> stop it <laughs> yeah so I'm watching Tokyo for her right that's now that's so yeah. funny and I forgot how much stress it was because now like flying and all that like yeah, I just made yeah. it happen because I had to yeah. but now like I'm choosing to watch him I'm like fuck this was not easy mm-hmm. you know so um, yeah it was just a reminder which I'm glad I'm watching him because it's a reminder I made the right decision yeah. you know what I mean yeah so that um, therapy, I'm like blasting through these because I don't That's want okay. this to run long, but therapy um, found a new therapist because okay. the, um, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. Did I ever say that I was going yeah. to therapy? Okay. Yeah. So I went with that guy. I mean, I was your therapist for an episode. That's but, true. But we were talking about um, you had just seen somebody okay. and it was not good. So yeah. that guy three, three times in, not good. Okay. Um, I felt like he was really lazy. At least you gave him chances, though. Totally. I was like, I don't know. Three is fair. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how this works. Maybe this is normal. Maybe yeah. eventually it will happen. But I was like, nah, this is a waste of motherfucking time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't need validation. Yeah. Like, I hated expressing what was going on. And then he would just be like, oh, that must have been tough. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. 
I know it is. I'm experiencing yeah. I don't need to hear that. Yeah. I mean, I think, obviously, to hear validation probably does something internally. But for uh-huh. me, I'm like, okay. I don't... Like, I know, like, that it's reality for me, you know? Totally. And so... um. I was like, now what? And he's like, so what else do you want to talk about? I'm like, no, nigga. Like, you should be doing the work, okay? So then finally I found another therapist um, through my insurance. And the first, so I've seen her twice. I see her again tomorrow. Um, so this is going to be a reoccurring thing. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm going to be keep updating you and okay. the listeners about what's going on. But um, sorry I'm speaking so fast, too. She um, was great the first one. Like, literally calling everything out that I needed to hear, but okay. not in like a validated sense, but more of like, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is, right? Yeah. So I was like, I think I'm depressed. And she's like, well, why? And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, like always kind of down. And she's like, well, do you have anxiety? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, anxiety is always tied with depression. And I was just like, I feel oh, like you do. okay, well, let me get into it. Uh, so what were some of the things that she was saying? Um, see, now I'm drawing a blank. But like, for instance, I was, she was like, okay, well, do you not have an appetite? Like, how's your eating habits? I was like, they're fine. Like, I eat fine, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Always hungry, bitch. bitch, always hungry. But um, so I was like, I don't think there's an issue there. I was like, but I will say, I guess this is a point because this never happened. But I was like, I was in the grocery store and I brought this up where I just freaked out and mm. couldn't decide. And she's yeah. like, that's depression. And I was like, wait, yeah. why? She's like, indecisiveness. And I was like, seriously? She's like, yeah, you can't decide. And I was like, mm-hmm. that makes complete sense. Because I, when people are like, do you want to eat? I'm like, I don't. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Like, I just can't make decisions. Yeah. I'm no therapist, but I also want to clarify it's decisions on like what should be easy. easy totally. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I can't decide if I should date this guy or not. Right. Like, that's a big decision. But, like, in a supermarket, when you're like, should I get this or this? It shouldn't be that difficult. But, it's bitch, like, well, it's difficult for yeah. me. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm just clarifying that's totally. probably why she said indecisiveness. Totally. Yeah. Um. So that was one of them. There was, like, four other triggers that she was like, yeah, you're depressed, bitch. Like, yeah. are you not, you don't know? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, <laughs> and I told her, I was like, I just think that, like, I've been so used to being fine yeah. in essence that like i just felt like that was just like how it is surviving. yeah always yeah. surviving and so then um she was really active and asking questions and trying to like f- solve answers and i was like okay this bitch is the one but she's a little hippy dippy uh. and so this is where i bring this up because the second time i didn't feel as connected okay. only because she was having me do like weird not weird, but like relaxation type techniques. Uh, and um, she had me, I'll try to explain this visually. She had me get naked and <laughs> masturbate in a cup. And I was like, why are we doing this? Just kidding. <laughs> no, Nine but months she, from now, you're right? like, so I have a, a child. I know, right? So she was like, okay, when you have negative thoughts, it sits in the back of your head. What you want to do is release serotonin in the front of your head, right? So she's like, okay. do you know Reiki, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I know what you're talking about, but not really. Reiki's kind of like tapping. It's more of like a, like a, um, yogi type kind of thing i would say like Mm. chakras and all that but anyways um you she said to put both of my hands like on my fingertips on the top of my forehead and then slowly make a c around my eyes and under my eyes and up my nose and then another c down my chin right so almost like writing a three like kind of how you would contour and then cross my arms on my shoulders brush down my arms and then kind of like all the way out to my fingertips and then all the way out to my fingertips and do that over and over while I'm breathing. And then she's like, now count backwards from 500 by five. And I was like, bitch, what? Oh, fuck. Like, that's fast math. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. It's not that difficult when you yeah, actually yeah. try it. But the idea is that you're focused on a task and so you forget what's happening in your head. And I got it. Cool. 
right? But so to be similar to like tapping your head and rubbing your stomach kind of or thing, or something, where you're like yeah, kind of yeah. And she's like, okay, now go through the alphabet and say for every letter or place that you've been. Oh. Yeah, and so then I was like forgetting the alphabet and shit. And she's like, see, this is good because then you you get the same chemical balance of like when you're about to fall asleep where you get loopy, oh. and so that's why it's it's working because you're getting loopy. Blah blah. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I'll try it. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know if I prescribe to it, but I'll try it. Yeah. There's other ways to get my mind off of things that I feel like I do. Yeah. But I'll try it. And so then um, the other time she she said, um, what's a good, like, where's a happy place for you? And I couldn't even think of a happy place or a happy time. I was like, I think the beach, like the beach used to be my place. Like anytime things got really difficult for me, I'd always go yeah. to the beach at night and just sit out in the sand. And then she made me become really descriptive on the things that I noticed when I was out there, like the smell, the sound, the feel, all that. Mm-hmm. Then she said, okay, close your eyes and um, in your head, let's create that space for you. Right. Yeah. So then she's like having me listen to um, calming music. And then she's saying this to me and I'm like, okay, cool. And then she's like, now you feel the sand and doing all these descriptions back. And I was like sitting there and she's like, so how do you feel? Like, what's the first thought that comes in your mind? And she, I was like, frustration. I don't know why just frustration. She's like, well, why? And I was like, because even though it's like, figuratively in my head even if I was sitting there in person I would feel frustrated because I'm like I'm wasting time sitting here when I could be doing things because when I'm sitting here visualizing this all I'm thinking is what am I going to do after this appointment what do I need to finish you know what do I need to complete because I feel like I'm a very task oriented person even when I feel down I like to do something so that's never an issue for me as far as like quote unquote getting out of the house when you're depressed I feel depressed when I'm not doing anything and that's Mm -hmm. where like it gets scary but um she was saying that and I was like, okay. And I was like, well, here's the thing. And I'm going to be honest. I was like, I feel like I live very rationally and logically. And these like things I get, I don't mind trying. Maybe I'm like getting frustrated because I'm not used to quote unquote meditating this way. But for me, it feels like pointless and I don't feel like it's connecting. I was like, I don't mind doing this again and again, but I feel like it's just not something that I I find to be productive. Right. Where I don't feel like it's solving anything. It almost is making me feel why I'm depressed. You know what I mean? Like just frustrated and like, why am I doing this? And so, um, so then she's like, oh, and kind of it stumped her. Cause I think all these like techniques probably work for people that tend mm-hmm. to like gravitate towards this kind of therapy. And so she's like, let me just show a Venn diagram. And she puts like two Venn diagram being like two circles and the circles yeah. meet in the middle. She's like, one circle will be a rational mind where you're all logic. One circle is an emotional mind. So you feel, you feel in the middle, the meeting point is a wise mind. That's like the ideal place you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. So let me stop you there. Fuck emotion. Like, if you're going to, I was like, any friend that knows me knows I'm not the emotional yeah. mind at all. Um, I was like, and I don't say fuck emotion, like, I'm not even trying to go there, but I'm just telling you where I'm at. Logically speaking, that's exactly how my mind works, where I don't feel, it's just all logic. And even if I feel, I talk myself out of that feeling, right? Where I'm like, you know what? I'm upset with you, Shane, because yeah. you weren't there for me. But then instead of my, instead of me letting myself express that, I'm like, well, maybe he's going through something. I know that he still cares about me, so I don't I don't need to take it personal in this moment. I might feel alone because he's not reaching out, but maybe he's going through something or he's doing things and he didn't realize I needed him. You know, and I talk myself out of that, so then no longer I'm no longer disappointed or frustrated with you. And she's like, but you see, when you're suppressing those emotions, you, you suppress them all. Like, you can't decide not to be happy and then be sad, only experience yeah. sadness or vice versa. And I was like, right, but I don't see the point of me getting frustrated and bringing that up to you if I just solved it myself and she's like, did you solve it if you're not feeling anything? Well, that's the thing is to me. Yes, because I don't feel like I need to feel it in order to uh, like 
release anything like me like logically thinking through that thought process doesn't make me upset with you anymore because i'm like you know what you're right brian in this moment you just are upset because you're feeling lonely let me just put my energy in a different spot um and she's hesitated and said the same thing you are about to say is like well that's not healthy because you need to feel that depression or not depression but frustration because now you're bottling it up but i'm like but i don't see that as a purpose like why that's you know what i mean like okay i feel it cool now i'm upset awesome now what like then i then i do that thought process to get to where i am i just think i just it happens like way faster right in a couple hours rather than like i'm gonna talk to shane the next time i see him and maybe i might feel inclined later to bring it up to you be like hey i'm good now we're good but just know like i actually needed you in that moment whatever i don't mind having that conversation but i also don't think it's your response i don't think it's my responsibility as a friend to throw that on you especially when i can handle it yeah and so then that's where i was like that's the problem is that i feel like even with like the stuff i've gone through my parents and all that stuff like i've always had to be fine because there's no other way to like you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have an opportunity to, like, let that emotion out because even if I brought that up with my parents, it would be, like, a mood point, yeah. right? So I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how I rationalize everything. So now I feel like I've become a warrior of, like, r- logic where I'm like, yeah, I do talk through things, but I'm like, these are the same things that I feel like a therapist would say to someone, right? Be like, well, you got to understand, like, if you're feeling angry, know that maybe they're they're going through something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that, that talk would happen for you to, like, come out of it. So again, this is therapy session too so i don't know what's coming but towards the end of it she got really like kind of oh fuck you know what i mean because i was like right because then i just kind of like went off on a tangent how like all this kind of is like bullshit to me Mm -hmm. but not in like a sense of like you're not going to be able to help me anymore but just like this is where my mind is i and i told her i was like i'm just trying to communicate to you where my mind is so you know how to get to where i am at because Mm -hmm. for me i need better language to break through because right now the way you're speaking and the things that you're giving me is not working you know and i was like i'm trying to help you help me so it was like one of those like I'm aware of what's going on. Yeah. Um, long story short, it ended, and then she put me on Prozac. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's like, I mean, from, from that's not why she put me on Prozac. <laughs> she's like, fuck this bitch. I'm gonna drug him out. He's like, oh, okay. You want logic? Take medicine. <laughs> yeah, no. But um, she's like, you need to go see your doctor. She's like, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I can't prescribe prescribe drugs, but. <clears throat> she's like go see a doctor and see what they can give you and I was like okay and so I went and saw my doctor and I said I don't care what antidepressants I get on it doesn't matter to me I'm up for anything because everyone talks about it with like mm-hmm. a stigma so they're like very careful with it they're like you know a lot of people take anti I'm like I don't care if I'm the only person in the world is taking it I was like as long as it helps I don't give a fuck yeah. you know but I think people feel stupid or helpless when they take antidepressants I'm like that's not this bitch <laughs> like I don't give a fuck yeah, yeah. so um, I told her I was like I don't want to get fat so don't let this antidepressant like make me fat and i was like and i also don't want to just be like uh like kind of like um suppressed right where it's mm-hmm. like there's oh. no emotions like yeah. i'm just kind yeah. of like floating because i'm like that's where i'm at now like yeah. i just feel like i'm emotionless and so then through that deduction she gave me prozac and so i guess it takes like six to eight weeks to kick in and it's kind of like one of the first drugs as anti antidepressants i feel like people say that there's like newer better drugs sure. that aren't like because you need to have, like, a come up and a come down from it. Mm-hmm. So if you take Prozac, you have to, like, wean yourself into it. Okay. And then it takes about six weeks to kick in. And then if you want to come off of it, you can't just stop. You have to, like, wean yourself off of it. Fuck. Yeah, but like I said... Is there it, any, like, addictive possibilities with it? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but she, the only things that she said is that... Um, 
your sex drive will be depleted. But I'm like, bitch, I ain't having sex. <laughs> so work. <laughs> now I won't feel bad about not having sex if I don't want it. You're yeah. Like, well, I'm on Prozac. Exactly. But then I was talking to someone else who I was flying with, and he's like, you know, it might have the opposite effect of a higher sex drive because maybe why you're not having sex is because you are depressed. Maybe. So when it balances you out, you won't have as much anxiety about having sex. And I was like, you know what? That sounds more my vein because I feel like not that I have anxiety about sex, but the idea of like trying to spend time in that department, I'm just like, Ugh. it just mm-hmm. gives the same feeling of like, not a positive thing when it should be a positive thing, you know, where you should be excited to like have sex and I'm not. So maybe, I don't know. This is a journey. Thank you guys for listening to my YouTube channel. Just kidding. (laughs) I was going to say Ted talk, but um, yeah. So that's all that's going on with me. Cute. Now that we got all that out of the way, <laughs> I know that was a lot. Sorry, we just really haven't seen each other in so no, long. That was like a twenty-minute catch-up. Yeah, but that's a. I feel like taking a medication like that is a big deal. Yeah, and like honestly, like what we haven't talked on the phone or anything. Yeah. So sorry, guys, but now you know you're here. <laughs> you got a nice tan, Shane. Thank you. Yes, bronze yeah. beauty. Well, it's funny because I um just before my birthday, I had picked up a trip with thirty-two hours in. West Palm Beach, because uh-huh. they were trying to send my ass to Glasgow, and I was like, Mm-mm. "Where's Scotland?" Oh, and I was like, "No," because we fly to Glasgow on a. Isn't it Glasgow? Maybe there's a W, so I say go. I think it's Glasgow. Anyways, whatever. Sure. <laughs> um, well, the the aircraft that we fly on our way there, uh, instead of being like a double aisle with crew bunk beds underneath the plane, it's a one aisle. So like a what? It's a seven five. Oh, shit. So you don't even really get, like, more than an hour crew rest, but you're sitting in passenger seats right. in the last row that don't recline. Right. And I was like, no, that, I have to fly through the night, the weekend before my birthday. Like, I want to enjoy my birthday, you know? Wait, can so, you anyways. sleep when it's like that or no? Yeah, you can, but, like... Really? They allow you? On cr- well, I don't know. Because your crew rest, Got essentially, it. yeah. Okay. You're designated to not be working during that time, but, like, you're sitting in a, th- in a three-seat seat row. row with... Two, two other, other flight attendants, yeah. and it's like, what? You're, like, being a for real passenger. Yeah, so yeah. anyways, I picked up a 32-hour West Palm Beach instead, and I took myself to the beach, and it was really great, but I got super burnt. Um, but I, that's because I hadn't been in the sun all summer, yeah. and I was like, sun makes the sun makes me feel really good, as it does most people. Um, so I was like, I want to be in the sun more and just, like, enjoying that. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, Fire Island all day yesterday. We were just, like, out in the sun. Right. Cool. Yeah. So, thanks. All right. So, what are we jumping into for this fresh food? Well, I feel like what's, like, heavy on my mind right now is the evolution of relationships, which mm-hmm. sort of stems from that conversation we had about, like, turning 30 and being okay with letting go of things that are no longer serving you a purpose. Right. Or at least a positive purpose. Um and let me pause there before we kind of continue. I want to say, like, people take that as, like, a, like a, a selfish thing. Where it's like, oh, it doesn't serve you a purpose. Well, not, now you can move yeah. on. It's like, well, no, that's not what we're saying. It's just that if it's not benefiting your life, and not every friendship or relationship will benefit your life all the time. Like, yeah. sometimes you have to pull the weight to, like, get someone else through something. But that's different. That's different to what we're saying as far as, like, forcing something to work, right? Yeah. yeah but yeah. continue. Sorry. Um. Well, and that's why I say, like, the evolution of a relationship is because it's it's just evolving from one thing to another. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what becomes difficult in, in that is when it's evolving from something that was really good for you mm. into something that's not as good for you mm-hmm. anymore. And it's the struggle of being able to let go of the positive that it was doing. Like, um, pretty much saying, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, you're you're living off of a better past rather than what is right. reality as far as present. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm like, well, I mean, things were good before. Mm-hmm. And, like, the idea that that could return yeah. keeps you around when really it's, like, if it's not, yeah, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like... I guess what is what I'm realizing right now is the evolution of your interpersonal relationships really does have an effect on the evolution of yourself mm. um, or vice versa. You know, if you start to evolve in a specific way, it could also affect your interpersonal relationships. Um, what I'm experiencing right now is more of my relationships helping me to evolve. Mm. Um, because when I, when I have a good relationship I feel that the more emotional side of me always wants to hold on to that and fix it if it feels wrong rather than let go of it. So to be in relationships that are sort of forcing me to let go of that good or the positive that I want to hold on to is causing me now in my 30s to be like, it's okay to let that go. Right. It's just really hard for me to do because I've never been one to just walk away. Or if I have... I think subconsciously I always knew I would like come back to it somehow. Sure. Um, Cause I have had friends where I'm like, I need to walk away from this. Um, not, not often, but like I can think of a couple people in my life where I'm like, maybe it's better that we're just not friends right now. Um, but I can specifically remember in those moments also thinking like, I don't think that this person will forever be out of my life. It's just something I need to let go of currently. Right. And those people are back in my life, actually, in a really good way, in a really healthy way. Right. Um, but right now, there are relationships that are not so good and healthy for me. And I think because I'm so excited about other relationships or opportunities or possibilities within my future, um, it's hard because I want those people to be there for that. And they might not be, mm-hmm. you know, and that's hard to deal with, too, because I want to share the bad... I feel like I've been sharing a lot of bad with people over the past year um, in this like journey that I've pushed through and now I want to share the good with them but it's like well now you you bailed after the bad right and now you don't get to see the good and that sucks but I I think that's a true testament of a friendship right like I feel like everyone Mm -hmm. clings on to when things were great but I think what really evaluates if they were a good friend or not is how they were there when you actually needed them yeah and that goes with the relationship too it's like I feel like people need to look at how someone was supportive when mm-hmm. you thought you were fine, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, that's how I value relationships, I guess. Yeah. I feel like you've been in similar situations as well over the past year or two where uh, you've been, you've let go of relationships oh, for sure. that no longer serve But you purpose. know me, like, that is easy for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, does it affect me? Yes. But yeah. do I sit with it? No. I just feel like it disappoints you more than makes you emotional. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it disappoints me because I, I feel like a lot of the times when these relationships do fleet out of my life, I am fully aware mm. of the mindset of the other individual. Yeah. And for me, I'm not one to relinquish, um to say face, I guess is the best way to put it where sure. I'm not like just telling you what you need to hear 
because or not telling you what you need to hear but telling you what you want to hear just so that I don't have to like really get into it mm. with you but I'm like no I want to get into it with you because that's the kind of friend I yeah. am and I know it's going to upset you and I know you're probably going to be upset with me and say I'm like an awful person or whatever but I'm like sure. I don't mind taking that role because yeah. I've been in that role yeah and I'm like okay if that's too much for you then you don't need to be my friend in this moment and mm-hmm. like you said yes that's happened a lot this past year yeah um for sure yeah um so uh, I guess what I'm sort of been diagramming for myself right now is the benefits and the drawbacks of these evolutions, mm. right? Because if something is now providing more of a negative tone in my life, the benefit of letting go is that I'm letting go of the negativity. Right. Um the drawback of that is I'm also letting go of again like the positivity that I know can exist or for has sure. existed. For sure. Um Especially, like, in relationships where I don't feel like any one wrong, any one thing has gone entirely wrong within the relationship. It's just two people being in different places all of a sudden and not being able to find that common right. ground. So it's it's not like, you know, say, like, within a breakup, if someone doesn't cheat, you just kind of grow apart. You're kind of like, well, they didn't cheat. They didn't abuse me. They didn't, you know, there's... So why do I need to leave it? Yeah. Because yeah, so, it's, like, not bad, but it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. 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 Um, so I I guess, like, what do you see as the biggest, like, drawbacks and biggest benefits to these evolutions? Okay. Um, well, I think two things. First, I want to clarify it. <clears throat> I feel like what people don't realize is that it doesn't need to be this big existential like moment for you to realize if it's good or bad for you because Mm -hmm. if you think about building a friendship it isn't one thing where someone was like oh my god they were there for me that one time and now they're my best friend Mm -hmm. it's like little things where it's like oh when i needed someone to hang out with and we went to get coffee it was a great conversation you know um i told them a little bit about me i trusted it they kept it as a secret cool it's like those little interactions that make it strong right and then through the accumulation of it all is what makes it good and i feel like the same happens on the opposite end and i feel like people always fail to see those things because they're just thinking the bigger picture right like Mm -hmm. oh we've been together for so long and we love each other that's why it works but really if they keep sliding you in a negative way where they're like they don't you're like hey i haven't talked to you in a while like how are you and they're like oh sorry busy you know Mm -hmm. and like so where you feel like you're not validated or seen in that friendship or like little things like that where it starts to become negative but in like minor microaggressions Mm -hmm. that's when you realize i think you need to realize not that's when you realize but that's when you need to realize is like yeah those are important right Mm -hmm. because those little things is what built it it's the same thing on the opposite of those little things is what's taking it away and i feel like that's such a um an instinct like i I know that, like, the relationships that I'm letting go of have been very odd right. in comparison to what they were. Sure. You know, like, sure. I I can feel instinctively, like, this is off. This is not what it right. needs to be or should be or has been. Um, and it, it, like you just said, it wasn't, it wasn't even, like, one necessary moment right. where I was like, oh, fuck that, never mind, never mind. Right. It was just like over time I was like, wait, why does why is this feeling so weird? Totally. Why is this feeling so off and right. not like almost unrecognizable? Right. You know? Cause I feel like I mean, to say that, I'm not saying like the big moments you should just like let go. No, I know. Whereas I you know, know like yeah. if they like slept with your boyfriend, you shouldn't be like, Well, they didn't do little aggression, right, so right. it doesn't matter. Like, yes, that's obviously a big deal if it's yeah. like a non negotiable as a friend. But But again, um, we're talking about evolution, evolution which yeah. happens over time. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, um, 
I think it's important because, like I said, when we talk about love, is that love is such action-based for me Mm -hmm. that those little things are important. If you say, hey, I'm going to see you, and you never do, the action is not being there. Because of that, to me, not in essence you're lying – I mean, not in actuality you're lying, but in essence that was a lie. I not like harbor those feelings, but I'm like, okay, that's something that I don't appreciate, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then if I express it and it changes, that's a different story. But if I express it and you're like, no, 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 it was a mistake, blah, blah, I'll let it go. But mm-hmm. then if it keeps happening, I'm like, no, that's who you are. Yeah. You are that bitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what do we call her? Bedhead Betty. Bedhead Betty, yeah. <laughs> you are Bedhead Betty. <laughs> but um, the thing is, is that like, I think it's positive for that because – I think people really come into your life for a season. Mm. Um, obviously, some last multiple seasons, but for for every reason, like say um, flight attending, right? When you fly with a crew that you like, people on it, they're there for that moment because you needed to have that experience. That, that yeah, yeah, and if it carries on, then they're part of that next chapter or that season. But if it ends there, that was that season. Yeah. Um, And I think it's the same for, like, relationships. Because you think about – and this can go for anyone. I'm sure a lot of listeners will relate to this. But, like, your first boyfriend or girlfriend to your last most recent boyfriend or girlfriend are completely two different seasons, right? Like, when you fell in love at 16 – Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hopefully. When you fell in love at 16 or younger and you're like, I'm going to be with this person forever, your mind at that maturity thought that that was your reality. But then things in your life happened to where that didn't work out. And then you got into new relationships. You grew up, blah, blah, blah. And you look back and you're like, oh, my God. That was so not That was so, yeah. Like, you under. We always go back to with you and I. Completely. I'm like, oh, we were not meant to be boyfriends. No, no. And that's the thing. It's like, in that moment, no one could tell you otherwise. You're like, yes, this is me. This is who I am. And I think that's fine because you're living in your present reality yeah. which is good you're being present in your life but don't like be naive to the idea that what you're going through in a relationship isn't the end all be all and it's okay you know as long as you're open about where you're at and how they receive it and like how they want to help you in your life it's fine to be like hey this isn't working for me right now because yeah. i've had that conversation where i you know a friend of mine that we were in each other's lives for like eight years and then now I always say when people are like, how is this person? I'm like, I don't know this person anymore. And that's not to be shady like Mariah Carey and be like, I don't know her. But like, honestly, like the friendship that we built doesn't doesn't survive in the current mind state of the both of us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I no longer can be supportive in a way that she wants me to be there and she can't be supportive in a friend in a way that I need to be there. She needs to go through what she's going through. I need to go through what I'm going through. And then maybe we can meet up again. But as of right now, it's okay to be like, I'm going to lay this to bed. Right. You know. Well, it's interesting you brought up being a flight attendant as an example, Mm -hmm. but it prompted the the, uh, idea of, in my head of like, what your current circumstances or surroundings are also doing to this evolution, where I think what's making letting go of these relationships so difficult for me, um, aside from letting go of the good, is that living a very transient life Mm -hmm. makes you yearn for the the rooted stability for sure foundations of those people who are your support system right you know and when when you meet people regularly as a flight attendant you're always moving and traveling and going somewhere and like you said letting go of those people every time a trip ends um potentially never seeing them again or working with them at least um you want to be able to come home to familiarity Mm mm-hmm and to let go of familiarity knowing that you now have to rebuild that mm-hmm. is, I think, daunting. 
For sure. Yeah. But think about it. You weren't always friends with these people. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you had to build that relationship first. So it's mm-hmm. like, yes, what's scary is that the comfort is no longer there with yeah. what you're used to relying on. But that doesn't mean that it actually isn't there. You just have to find it. Yeah. Um, and I think visually what my mind goes to is like as a flight attendant, it's like we're tethered, right? Like we're a dog in a yard attached to a leash we can go so far out explore explore but we're always tethered back to someone pulling us back home right Mm -hmm. um but when you no longer have those like tethered cords to home you're now like kind of floating out Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood where you're like well fuck how do i get back yeah Yeah. and someone will eventually find you and be like i'll feed you i'll give you water but until that happens you're like yeah "Yeah, a little skittish (laughs) don't touch me don't pet me (laughs) (laughs) you're trash your mother's trash (laughs) Yeah. Um, so the other um, issue that you kind of preemptively brought up uh, that I wanted to talk about was the effect of these evolutions within your intertwined relationships. Meaning, like, uh, like for example, on my birthday, uh-huh. some of these relationships were absent, and of course, people's first reaction when they don't see those relationships is oh we're so and so and my answer honestly is i don't know can we get more context so that it's like give me names it doesn't have to be actual names but just names so i know the situation so just say like a uh, say a best friend is not there on your 30th birthday jared didn't show up on your 30th birthday okay i don't like jared can we do something else okay donna donna didn't show up fuck donna let's go with jared oh so (laughs) Okay, Jared so Jared didn't show up, and Charlie comes into your birthday and says, "Oh, where's Jared at?" Uh huh. Your relationship has started to evolve away from one another, and you don't necessarily have these like concrete explanations as to why. Jared is a good friend of you that should have been there, right? Okay, yeah. And Charlie's like, "Hey, where's Jared?" And your your honest answer is like, "I don't, I don't know. know." Yeah, you know, it it starts to. It starts to um, affect those intertwined relationships where you all were friends. You can mm-hmm. all hang out, but you don't necessarily want to like badmouth a person or put the other person down. It's just that evolution is happening and you know that it's happening, but it's like a breakup. A breakup probably would have been a better example where like you're together all the time. Right. All your photos are together. Your stories are together. And then you start to see people after you break up and people are like, oh, how so-and-so? And you're like, oh, Again, like, if something bad didn't happen, you don't want to be like, well, they're an asshole. Like, yeah, we broke up, blah, blah, yeah. You're just kind of like, oh, we're not together anymore. And it becomes this, like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. You know? And the group of friends, maybe, that you as a couple were hanging out with are like, well, do we have to pick sides? Like, how does all that work? Uh-huh. Not that I'm not saying that anybody should ever pick sides, but it does start to take a toll on those intertwined relationships. Right, right. Like, the relationship, it's it has a ripple effect, right. if you will. Yeah, and so, I'm experiencing that now. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think what it is is that if you're very clear with your friends and that relationship yeah. of where you're at, it's, it doesn't have to be gray, you know? I think the problem that people feel is that, like, can we speak about it? Right. Because I don't know if you're going to get upset. So just be like, yeah, I wish they were here. They didn't show up. I don't know. Totally. I feel like we're going through something. I don't know what it is. I don't have bad blood, but it's probably a conversation we need to have. I yeah. just haven't had a chance to get with Jared to actually talk about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate you caring. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. But it does get sticky when those other people feel like they need to, like, hang on to, like, mm-hmm. one way or another. And it also sucks when you are the person who you might feel like 
say it's a breakup and they cl- clung on to someone else, you know? I remember, <laughs> speaking of which, um, Jen, uh, who listens to this podcast and is one of my really good friends, when me and Brendan broke up, Brendan um, had, like, a party or something at someone else's place for one of our mutual friends, and I was going to go because I was friends with everyone, too, where it was a very, that group thing. Everyone yeah. knew Brian and Brendan, yeah. Brian and Brendan, but we broke up, so they invited Brendan, uh-huh. and they invited me, too, but it was very secondary because they were like, well, I don't want to make it mm-hmm. seem like I'm picking sides. When I don't really care, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I don't mind showing up, mm-hmm. and I get why it's sticky because, yes, the friend that invited Brendan was closer to Brendan, but we are all friends. Yeah. I was like, I get it, but I went, and I was, like, talking to Jen. I was like, hey, can we go together? And she's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm already going during this time. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. Like, I can go with you. And she's yeah. like, well, uh, and it, it felt very, like, slighted. Like, yeah. she didn't want to show up with me because she didn't want to be the person to bring Brian to the party because right. it was still fresh. Um, I think Jen would have probably probably explained it differently, but for me, that's what it felt like, right? Totally. I don't think that was the situation, but for me, that was what it felt like. And it put Jen in an awkward p- position because she was friends with Brendan too, so she didn't mm-hmm. want to make it seem like she was picking sides with me. Yeah. So I get it, but like also not picking sides is picking sides. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yes, very, very much that, where it does get sticky, mm-hmm. but I feel like you just need to communicate it where if Jen yeah. were just like, hey, I really don't feel comfortable I don't know why. I don't know how to explain it. And I wish I did. I know we're friends, but I just don't want to be put in that situation. I think I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, maybe not when I was hearing it in that moment, but later on, I'm sure mm-hmm. it would have come full circle. But yeah, yeah, that's frustrating, especially when people, it almost feels like everyone knows you're being cheated on and no one tells you yeah. to your face. Totally. It's very that where there's like the, the murmuring behind yeah. the closed doors and you're yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? Like, uh-huh. I this is so awkward. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I think that's, it's just adding to what makes the whole situation that much more difficult. For sure. Do you think that friends that you're speaking of notice that that is the case? Uh, well, obviously, if they brought it up, like, where's such and such? Oh, yeah. Like, I where's Jared? Saying. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because the other thing about, like... And sorry that we're, like, being vague and not vague, but we take these topics because it happens to our personal life and then we try to bring it up on the podcast but we also don't want to bring up names because the people who we speak about aren't here to speak on their own behalf totally so hopefully this is making sense with these phone names (laughs) (laughs) um but i i also think like uh, there might just be a moment where they really don't know sure and it's just a question of like oh we're so and so Right, you know, right, and right, then right. you're kind of like, oh fuck. Right, but it's like it ha- it makes the same outcome for you where uh-huh. you're like, you're still in yeah, the position. I fucking to... realize they're not here. Yeah, I'm trying to have fun, so shut the fuck up. Yep, Donnie. <laughs> Donnie's another character in our role play. <laughs> I like Donnie. Um, so to kind of like wrap this up, um, the last two points that I wanted to talk about were letting go of these evolutions and embracing these evolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I'm at a point right now, I know that I'm at a point right now where I'm very much so embracing the evolutions because there's more for me to be excited about than me to be sad about. Right. That doesn't take away from what the sadness is for me. It just means that I have to let go of one to embrace another. For sure. Um, it's like what I said about energies, right? Where, Energy is our currency. Mm. When you're breaking ties with one energy, energy. Yeah. Honestly, but it's like, <laughs> like, you know, like when you're like, you have a car payment, a mortgage, um, student loans. Once you let one go where you pay it off, 
you stop expending your energy, now you have 300% mm-hmm. energy to put into something else, yeah. whether it is another relationship or just life in general. And mm-hmm. I think, again, when you see it in a currency sense, it like makes complete sense why you should like lay certain things to rest yeah. because why pay a car off when it's already paid off? Why you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, why are you going to keep putting money in it? Yeah. Well, and to full circle this. It served its purpose. Right. <laughs> uh, and to, to pull this full circle, like you had brought up, I think one of the issues that people feel often in letting go of something is that it's selfish to let go of it. Right. To just be like, I'm not going to deal with it. And I don't think that it's not dealing with it. I think sometimes letting go is the healthiest way to deal with it. For sure. You know, because dragging it through mud and ground that you're not prepared to walk on or walk through is not good for any party involved, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that it's until those evolutions have been reached or at least to a certain point that you can kind of tread back a little bit and be like, should I reapproach this situation or is it just done? But you have a much clearer mind because you've processed through and moved through that evolution. It's almost like um, maybe not letting go, but like putting a pause on it, right? right? Think about like when you're doing a puzzle and you're getting stuck, you can't find the pieces mm. you need, but it's because you keep looking at the, at same, the same problem yeah. the same way, the same pieces the same way, your thought process, then you go to bed, come back the next day, and all of a sudden all the same pieces look completely different to you. It's very that, where mm-hmm. you have all these problems with this relationship, you put a pause in it, I can't be here right now. Yeah. I need to go through what I need to go through. And that it could be passive or active where you're actually searching at answers or you're just experiencing life and you put get put into situations where you're like, wow, I needed to hear that, see yeah. that, experience that. And when you come back, you're like, wow, this puzzle has it's the same puzzle, it's the same person, it's the same relationship, but you're like, I get it now. Right. And now you put it together where you're like, this is how it fits in my life, this is how it can fit in yours. Mm-hmm. You know, I so it's very that. Yeah. yeah. Um so with all that said, I'm off Instagram again. You no, are? Totally oh. <laughs> no, no, no. With all that said, I'm uh, addicted to heroin. <laughs> I'm alone, suicidal. No, uh, but... Um, yeah. I just think it's a very relevant time for me, selfishly and personally, to be talking about this because of it being, again, like the symbolism of my 30th birthday right. and, and like decade, reflecting and, on who you are, yeah. where you want to go. Yeah. Um, but I think that this is something that whether you're talking about family relationships, friendships, or romantic relationships, everybody experiences um, at different points in their life. And it's it's funny, like, moving through life and evolving through life and looking back, like you said, like, at your first boyfriend, uh-huh. you're like, oh, my God, that was so not meant for me. No. But you can't see it, again, like the puzzle through those eyes right. until you've rested on it. Right. Yeah. And I think it's good because I feel like when you start reevaluating things that you want in your life and stop putting energy into things that aren't working, you start realizing the person that you actually are. Mm -hmm. Because you realize, I'm doing this on behalf of someone else. I'm doing this because I need, um, someone else needs that validation. But you're like, wait, is this something I actually care about? Or just circumstance-wise, I'm like, caring. Right. You know? Right. Um, And I think, like you said, as you get older, you realize, oh, shit. I'm good, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that comes with age or just, like, it gets to this point where you have to experience these things to... I think both. You, but you know what I mean? Like, age I don't know if... Age really I don't, helps, though. Like, I wonder if we say this and someone who is, like, 18 will understand what we're saying. <laughs> I get it, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because but, the older you get, the, 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 the realer your 
life circumstances become. Right. It's right? almost so like, like a you... lost friend at 18 feels like a huge deal, but that's probably your only big deal at 18. Totally. You that's know, a very when, good point. When you're 30, you suddenly have a mortgage and a car payment and student right. loans. And it's like a lost friendship sucks, but you're like, I have to focus on all these uh-huh, other things, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. Like Prozac, you know? Right. <laughs> I got to remember to take my Prozac every morning. I can't be your friend, bitch. <laughs> bitch, I got things to do. But I'm a pill-popping princess right now. You should see my pill case, yeah. nigga. Wait, really? Yes. What do you have in it? Prep. Okay. And then I had this cough for about two months now. Yeah. I went to the doctor. They put me on Claritin, Flonase, um, a neti pot nasal drip. Ew. And then um, there was something else. I don't know, but I'm taking prep, Prozac, and Claritin every morning. And um, because I travel, I don't want to carry all those bottles. And if I don't put it day by day, I won't remember if I took it. So in each day, I have like five days worth of each. (laughs) So it's like pill popping princess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, and I get bloated, so I have gas X every time. Oh, yeah. You know, shit like that. Has it been helping? Dailies. Um, Yeah, actually. Okay. It seems weird because they were like, take it before you go to bed. So when I wake up, right when I like wake up from my alarm, I let out the biggest motherfucking mm. fart, like yeah. as if it just keeps it all cute and contained okay. rather than just like freely yeah. going throughout my body. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's a gas bubble. Let's add it. Gas bubble. Then it gets into one big right. motherfucking bubble. Blast my but blast it, out. But when that before that bubble comes out, does it feel? Do you still feel bloated, or no. does it help with bloating? It helps with bloating. Oh, yeah, it's good so hard my butt plug fell out it was like <laughs> bouncing around my room i was like oh yeah, my god cool. embarrassing <laughs> well that's all i had on evolutions i like that this is probably the, sh- the, the shortest most know, quickest concise. fresh concise fresh fruit we've ever yeah. had work <laughs> one two blend it up drop it down mix it up round and round we the boys that keep it juicy come and get your All right, so fruit smoothie. Before we get into it, I just said this like off mic, and I want to say it on mic. I actually really like recording with you, Shane. This is like so positive in my life. Maybe this is the Prozac talking. (laughs) What a bitch. But this probably isn't even me. But honestly, like I come into this sometimes thinking I am so tired. I don't want to fucking record an episode because, you know, you kind of have to be very present. But then once we fucking hit record, it's like, I'm like, bitch, I needed this. You know what I mean? It's like your it's, Sasha Fierce. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Sasha Fierce. I was thinking <laughs> Sasha Valor. I'm like, I don't oh, no. get it. This isn't drag. <laughs> bitch, I'm bald. Are you making bald jokes now? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all. All right. Yeah. No, um, I, I really appreciate it as well. Yeah. Because coming here, like, we brought up the heat outside and the subways and buses... It's a Sunday. They just don't run well. Yeah. And I, my whole way here, I was like, this is a two-hour commute. <laughs> I'm only going to be there for, like, less than three hours. Yeah. But be, And being here, I was getting emotional and kind of worked up about the things that I knew we were going to be talking yeah. about. Because they've been weighing so heavy on my sure. mind. Um, but being here is very therapeutic. It is. You know? It is. Yeah. Because I feel like being... Well, yeah. I yeah. agree. And I, I love, need to go into it. <laughs> yeah. And I love not just, like, being here with you, but... Uh, feeling related to by people and hearing about that. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Okay, so this fruit smoothie, um, we post questions all the time on our, we post questions all the time on our Instagram about things that we're going to be talking about as far as topics or just random things that we feel like you guys could like give us insight on what to talk about. And so we're going to answer some questions. It's probably just going to be one question, right? Yeah. Okay, so someone asked on um, the podcast that I should talk about my leg um, because I have a bionic leg. (laughs) His inheritance. Yeah, my inheritance because Shane always jokes about my inheritance, but... (laughs) Um, it's kind of the way I afforded my house. So let me just get into it real quick. I think this is the only answer. It's a long-winded story, so this is probably the only question we're going to get into. But um, who asked that question, by the way? Uh, that was um, Paige from Pixar. Okay. Acrobat. Hey, Paige. I don't even know if she listens pa- to this, though. Well, it was on our story, so she's related to it somehow. Oh, like, true. You know. But it's. I actually, when I saw that she was the one who sent it in, I was like... See, like, that's what is so cool to me is, like, I vaguely know Paige because I never did Pixar. We're talking about Disneyland Parade. Um, But, you know, we have, like, Disney in common. And just to know that, like, she was writing into our podcast is really cool. So, yeah. So when I was um, doing the professional dance thing and, like, committing my life to that, my agency... You still are, bitch. Well, not really. It's like a act, like a hobby now. Like I'm dancing still, but it's not like my main income, you know. Um, but it was my main income at the time. But um, which actually ties into therapy. But I'll I'll let you know. So um, back in 2015, I was signed with an agency, a dance agency, and they sent me on a job for MTV, and yeah. the show was called. Uh, well, I don't know. That's not important. It, ne- it never got produced. Yeah. But um, I was helping out with this show, and it was a dance show. And one of the episodes they wanted to do was, like, uh, trampolines and dance. <clears throat> and so what happened was um, I got brought on as, like, quote-unquote, the trampoline expert. Not necessarily the expert, but I was, like, proficient in trampolines so they could try things. Yeah. And they, they didn't have to teach someone on how to be on a trampoline. Well, because to- aside from dance, you can – you're a gymnast as well. Right, like yeah. tumble and stuff like that. Yeah. And so long story short, we get on set and um, right away we notice that the trampolines are not proper, right? Like it was pretty much like people who were just like, oh, yeah, this is a trampoline. Just use it. But they didn't realize there was like different kinds of trampolines, different weight capacities, height capacities, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And so long story short, we get on the trampoline, springs start popping off, and then there was a bar underneath one of them. And so right away we tell them, hey, this is not going to work. And that was why we were there to tell them that, right? So they put a pause on production. Five hours later, we're literally just like sitting around waiting. They're like, it was on a Sunday. So like everything was closed. They were like getting springs from like Toys R Us. So you knew code red right it wasn't like a manufacturer or something like that so just to paint that's how long ago this was too toys r us was still (laughs) i know right so just to paint a picture um the stage had three tramps that were like backyard circle tramps around the stage and then ones that were slanted and we were supposed to dance on different platforms jump down jump to other ones you've probably seen i think that the inspiration was from like the vmas with like chris brown did like something like that and like cirque du soleil kind of does like the same essence but again cirque du soleil trampolines are not backyard trampolines those are yeah those are rigged like rigged olympic grade like they are manufactured i am a professional (laughs) they are manufactured and used in a way that they are supposed to with the right equipment right so we told them right away this isn't going to work so as we're waiting, they're like, okay, we fixed the problem as much as we could for the day, so let's resume production. And so um, the fix for the trampoline that I mentioned with the bar under it, under it, um, all they did was say, this is where you shouldn't jump on the trampoline because if you jump here, you have the higher p- potential of 
hitting, hitting the, bar. the bar. Mind you, this trampoline was tiny. It was maybe like four foot by four foot square trampoline. Oh so it was not even like, if I were to lay on it, my body would hang off on both right. ends. So I had, they asked us to go from a platform, jump onto the trampoline and it was angled and then bounce off and land on a slower, a lower platform. I run, jump, oh hit the trampoline, apparently missed the mark when really it was like impossible to hit that mark. Um, I hear a loud snap. Oh my God, oh my God. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I probably just twist my ankle, whatever. And then I, like, hop on my good leg. I try to step down, look down. My leg is, like, completely shattered. If you're really squeamish, you're probably already at this point, like, fuck no. But it's going to get <laughs> it's gonna get way more gruesome. So I look, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm literally at this point, like, can, I, can someone please help me? And I was, like, super calm, so people didn't even think it was that serious. Was it painful at this point? Um, I don't I remember. You were in shock. Oh, okay. It wasn't. It, I think you were in shock. If for if sure, you can't shock. Remember being like in excruciating pain. I just remember survival mode. Like oh, I was like, God. I need help, yeah. right? But I wasn't like, oh my god, this is so. Yeah. Oh my god, like. But again, like when things like when it's an emergency situation, I get eerily yeah. calm. That's exactly what happened. I um saw what I saw, you guys. And again, this is gonna get really graphic. But um, right in the middle of my shin, my bone snapped, broke through the skin. Right. So if you are say like my arm is held out um, halfway down your arm, think about your skin breaking and then the rest of your arm from your like half your for- forearm down to your hand, just making a right hand turn. Oh right. <laughs> so then I sit down, I grab my leg. Um, this happened the to my leg. One? The bad one. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, what happened was my foot is at a right angle and just dangling. Oh. And every time it was every time it was swinging, it felt like my muscles were being stretched. Right. Like my shin was being stretched. And so it was a really bad break, you guys. So as I'm holding my leg, my leg, my foot is just swinging and bouncing. And I was like, can someone please grab my foot to stop it from swinging? Ew. Yeah. So then someone finally grabbed my foot. And um, I was like, can someone call 911 if they haven't? And so then they call 911. In five minutes, they get there. They cut my shoe off. And they can't do anything because they can't put in a splint because yeah, it's just, like, legs, mangled. Yeah. So I'm like, whatever you do, I don't give a fuck. But just do not touch it. Because I'm like, this is not painful, but it's going to be very painful. Yeah. And so then um, another choreographer is, like, helping me, like, looking at me, like, hey, are you okay? Like, trying to talk to me. And then he's, like, looking at the leg, making all these, like, faces. And I, and I tell him, I'm like, hey, can you not make those faces? I was like, you need to talk to me right now. This is how, like, aware I was. I was like, ask me anything. I don't want to think about this. He's like, so where are you from? And I was just like, oh, I'm from Montana. <laughs> like, just blabbing, right? Like, literally tricking my mind into thinking I was not there. And then they pick me up, take me to the hospital. And I'm like, wait, do I need my bag? Don't you need identification? Blah, blah, So they're like, yeah. I was like, grab my backpack. Grab oh my this. God. As I'm on the stretcher going out to I'm like, you need to grab that, grab this, da, 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 this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then I still was like fine mentally. And then we get in the ambulance and I'm finally like on the come down where I'm like, okay, I'll be fine. I'm going yeah. to the hospital. And I just start crying because I'm like, wait, fuck, how am I going to make money? Because I was like, at this point I was only doing dance. Yeah. So I was like, your yeah, I wasn't upset that I wasn't going to work tomorrow, but I was like, I don't know how long this is going to take me to get yeah. recovered. I don't know if I can recover. Like, fuck. So then that was the start of a journey of like, a journey but yeah. i'll just say this one last thing this is where it sucks so we get to the hospital at this point my bones are sitting on top of each other because after it broke your bones kind of like keep your legs straight yeah. um well when it broke all my muscles contracted so the bones were sitting on top of each other and it was like it took like six inches out of my leg because they were like do you know what i'm saying yeah. so once i got there they gave me an iv started trying to pump uh pain meds and i was like this is not working 
they grab my ankle and my, my doctor's like, hey, oh this might God. hurt. So then she pulls my ankle to stretch my muscle out to reset the bone inside the skin. And I just feel a because I feel the bones like click. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ow, 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 ow. And she's like, are you OK? And I was like, yeah, I just want to go to sleep. I was like, I just want to go to sleep. I don't want to be awake yeah. right now. And so then um, that was at a five o'clock on a Sunday. I didn't have surgery until seven the following morning. Are you sweating? My palms are so sweaty. <laughs> I didn't have surgery until the following morning at seven. So I had a broken leg with an open wound for like, what, almost 12 hours. And then um, long story short, it was a four hour surgery. They put a metal rod down my um, fib. Bula? Is that the bigger bone? Girl, I, don't I don't know. The bigger bone of your two <laughs> shin bones, that was the bigger one. Then the one on the side, they put a metal splint because that bone broke in two spots. Oh and then um, it was like a five-week recovery. It was six weeks to get back to walking normal, but I was like, fuck no. Which is crazy that it was only six weeks, knowing that your foot was dangling. Not six weeks, sorry, six months. That's more Six months, yeah. Not, not to walk, but to get back to normal function right um but within a week i was walking okay or sorry i'm like saying all these wrong terms within a month i was walking without crutches and then um i was running again within four months and then five months i was back at disney um like kind of like um getting myself back into shows and stuff like that and um yeah so now i'm like better not and good rich. as new but <laughs> yeah and rich so i bought a house from that experience but people were like at least you got a house out of it and i was like honestly i'd rather have it's my leg it. it's yeah. not worth it um i'm i'm grateful for that what i have now it really while. did and so that's why i say um i'm gonna bring this up in therapy because i was saying that i was depressed and she was like going through history and i told her about a leg break because she's like why fly something like how did you get here because i was like i went to get my master's in education i thought i was gonna be a teacher da, da, da. so i was like going through all of that and she's like why and i told her i was like because when I like when I broke my leg, that was my identity, mm-hmm. and I was like, it put me through a depression because I realized I'm no longer the person I thought I was going to be. Yeah. And she's like, you've been depressed since that moment, mm-hmm. and I was like, damn, you're right, because in that moment, I was no longer the person I was, and so I had to be fine with my new normal. Yeah, and. I don't think I ever processed it. I just was like, I have to be fine. Yeah, everything's good. Like, these are the cards I dealt, whatever, you know? And so, yeah, through that, I was like, you know what? That makes complete sense. Because I'm thinking before that moment, like, I really enjoyed being around people. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I always joke, but the MAP class president, like, I'd always do cast outings. I, like, would organize us to go to baseball games and duck games and stuff like that. And since that accident, I was like, I don't want to be around it anymore. Mm. Which... I didn't see why that would tie it together because I felt like the isolation was more of like a current thing, like a recent thing. But I guess I was doing it back then. I was like, holy shit, I really have been depressed since then. I just been like surviving, you know. So, yeah, that's how I broke my life. Really traumatic experiences do prompt depression, depression. Well, for sure. Yeah. Because you go through a huge life change like a death or um, a job loss or anything because you realize things at this point forward are no longer what they are currently. Yeah. It's just crazy though because you've had so many great things since then. It's weird that you still are dealing with the depression that was caused by mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too is like when I was um, going through all of that process of like the aftermath, I was thinking to myself and I always say, like, yeah, it's fine. Like, am I really upset? No, you know, because I've had all these opportunities. Like, it gave me a chance to go back to school and get my master's. Yeah. And. Um, explore other avenues of life because I'm a very big person on like making the best out of a situation but Mm -hmm. I think that I didn't resolve the feeling of like being forced to have to make those decisions 
again with my parents too like being forced to have to be on my own you know but this is one resilient ass bitch on Prozac (laughs) yeah (laughs) just kidding (laughs) all right I'm actually really, really excited about this in season for me. I've been like addicted. Okay. Um, so, to Prozac. <laughs> Prozac, yeah. In season, Prozac. <laughs> no, but um, do you know the show on MTV, Are You the One? explain it i know of it i don't know anything about it so the premise is is that there's 10 male singles 10 female singles and before the people get cast on the show they go through an extensive uh matching research where they find they say the qualities that they want in a person and who they really would be compatible with and then they find a girl or if you're a guy they find a girl for you and um they every person in the house all 10 people have 10 perfect matches right Mm. but they don't know who's their match so the premise of the game yeah the premise of the game is everyone gets put in the house kind of like real world yeah and um, they go on dates and complete challenges. And if you go on a date um, with the person that you think is your perfect match, the house can like send you into the truth booth. And that's the only way there's only one couple a week that can get sent to the truth booth to actually find out if they're a perfect match or not. Wow. And if they find their perfect match, they have 10 chances. If they find their perfect match, they get a million dollars. But if they don't, they get none. So at the end of each episode, they all sit next to the people they think are their perfect match, and then they'll show how many matches are correct and how many matches aren't. But they won't say who's who. So you don't know. Like, if we were vibing, I'm like, yeah. that's one of us. Like, we're one of those perfect matches. Yeah. But really, it you don't know. And because everyone's there looking for love and being vulnerable, everyone falls in love really oh, quickly. Shit. Yes. Now, Curveball. This is now season eight. This season, everyone on the cast in the show it's is bisexual. Yes, and gender fluid. I, think I saw this. Oh, everyone is gender fluid. That. So you get like there's like uh, trans people, gay people, straight people, or not. Well, I guess yeah. not straight or gay, but like gender fluid. And it's so crazy because like you'll see a guy trying to court a woman, and he's like really masculine, straight acting, I guess. But then in the same breath, be like, "Yo, Max oh, is God. looking real hot," and he'll be like go- taking him on a date, and then they start making out and stuff. And it's like this. So this is, okay, so that's the backstory. This is my end season and I'm obsessed because I feel like this is the way the world is is yeah. meant for me, right? This is how I see a perfect world. Where literally they're just like, hey, I really get along with you. Yeah, we could be together. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's funny, like, on this show there's a lot of current um, conversations that are happening where, like, there's this guy named Basit and he's a black man who's very feminine and really in tune with both sex genders, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he knows he's a man, but, like, it's like, I'm very feminine, so I, like, you know, I wear makeup, like, I like that, and then he's vibing with this other guy named Jonathan, who uh-huh. is super feminine, too, but Jonathan keeps saying, oh, I like Max and Justin because they're super masculine and straight-looking, and so he keeps, like, trying to vibe with that, but you see Basit and Jonathan, who are both feminine, are getting along really well, and Basit's like, you are my match, and I know you're my match because we are vibing, but 
but the only reason that you're like held back is because he's from Florida. So he's like, you are just going after Dick. You're not even trying to really put in a match and blah, blah. He's like, well, I don't find you attractive that way. And it's like very that where it could be a perfect match, but yeah. you just might not vibe with them physically. But like when you see them talk, you're like, absolutely, they're a perfect match. But then the hang up of what you let society tell you you should yeah. be with of like, well, if I'm a gay man, I want to be with a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? When really Basit is a man, but it's not the ideal man that you see in your head as far as what you think you're into. I was like, yes, bitch. Like all of that shit. Dang. And then there's like other other matches where they're there are like heterosexual couples, right? Uh-huh. They're both bisexual, but it's a guy with a girl or whatever. And then that same in that same breath, it's like, oh, I like Justin, but Justin likes Max. And I'm like, yes, oh my God. because everyone's sleeping with everyone. Everyone's hooking up with everyone. And then there's this uh, female to male transgender man who um, came in the house really insecure because he was transgender. So he felt like no one was going to like him. But he's like the most popular one in the house because he's really handsome. Mm. And in one episode, he was, like, hooking up with this girl named Jenna, and him and Jenna were, like, really, really vibing. And long story short, they went to the truth booth. They're not a match. But that's the stickiness is that people vibe where they're, like, you have to be a match, and they get sold on it, and they, like, get so intimately deep. Yeah. But then they find out they're not a match. Realistically, they should go into the house and find their perfect match. But they're, like, no, I still like you. I and was it, just going to say, yeah. you don't like all of that No, you don't. Like, and the house gets so mad because they're still together. Yeah. But in that same breath, that in one of the uh, early episodes, um, the guy's name is Kai, and he was with Jenna. And he like hooked up with Jenna, and then the next day he slept with Remy, who's a guy. Oh my god! So I was like here for all of it because everyone's like so fluid and like yeah. the idea. It was like so captivating to me because I'm like that's the world I want to live in, where it doesn't matter who you love as long as you find your perfect match, right? Yeah. And Max is a guy from I think he said Ohio, and he came on the show knowing he's bisexual, but he's like I feel like when I'm in Ohio. I live the straight world. And then when I'm out in LA, cause he moved to LA, I'm like bisexual. Like I like guys and I'm like exploring that, but I feel such like a, fa- a fraud because no one knows that I'm this way in yeah. Ohio. So he's like, this is like me coming out being on national television. Uh-huh. And you see his hangups with the yeah. same fucking shit that all gay people have gone through in the real world where you like in your personal life, when you go off to college and move away from home, you're like yeah. a full fledged, like gay man. And then yeah. when you come home, you're like putting on that hat again. of like, Uh, this isn't you know I'm straight whatever and he was like pushing all these guys away that he found attractive because he was like no it's not gonna work like I'm not into it but then they finally had a breakthrough it's like dude let that shit go right like who gives a fuck try it if it's not for you then it's not for you but you're not even trying it and he finally did and he's like vibing with this guy and he's now getting so emotional and like you hurt me and da 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 and becoming this like vulnerable being but it's so refreshing to see because like he's really letting himself go. I think it's all fresh. So it's kind of like a little bit like untamed and volatile. (laughs) I'm like, you sound a little crazy, (laughs) but yeah, it's so healthy. I could go on forever, but yes, you need to watch it. And I, I recommend everyone watching it. it Are you the one? Are you the one? And, um, it's, it's just the current, there's like five episodes out or six or so. Yeah. But so good. So, so good. All right. You got it in season. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I've been feeling this way for a while, and actually I texted you about it in in regards to um, introducing a new segment into the show that I don't want to talk about until we know, like, for sure about doing it or until we I plan it. Um, but uh, I really liked during our Pride episode going back and just giving, like, milestone facts about the history of gay culture. Mm-hmm. 
And um, it prompted a lot in regards to how much history I don't know about my own community in that sense. And um, being on Fire Island yesterday, I just remember taking the ferry from the mainland to the island. And I was on my way there. And I know little tidbits about Fire Island, but I know that there's a lot of gay history there. Um, And I was just on my way and I was thinking, like, I wish that I could be a fly on the wall during that history. Like... Um, I ended up spending the day in, most of the day in the pool, and we were with older gays, and we were just talking, and they were talking about Fire Island and what it used to be, and, you know, they had owned a house, a couple that we were talking to had owned a house on the island for 20 years, and um, they were like, it's crazy because, like, at the start of the 90s, the island was a ghost town, because that was during the HIV and AIDS epidemic, and they were like, we lost everybody, you know, and it fight like so the island is split into halves right and there's like fire island on one side fire island pines and then there's cherry grove on the other and now it's sort of like the gays are at fire island pines and uh the cherry grove is more of like the lesbian side or like gays who don't feel like they fit into mainstream gay culture will go to like cherry grove side um but like they this couple was telling me yesterday like uh, back in the day, they put up a billboard and it said Fire Island Pines is a family island. And it was basically like, gays are not welcome here. And it just became this place that the gays would storm like in huge numbers. And over time has become like a sort of this like staple in gay culture, at least on the East Coast. Um, but there's so much that I'm like, oh my God, it's so cool to hear about. And it's so cool to hear about from somebody who lived through it, you know? And I think that we need to learn more about communities like that before generations start leaving us. Um, and we're sort of left without this knowledge or these experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm super into sort of doing your research, my research. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important, too, because I feel like we forget that, not that we forget, but gay is one of our identities that culturally it is a thing right mm-hmm. where like black is a culture asian's culture white's a culture hispanic native mm-hmm. american but gay ultimately has its way of living too and totally it's cool because obviously it's part of our identity and so yeah it's nice to like know yeah. where you've come from and how far you've gone yeah or vice versa how yeah. far you whatever you get it yeah <laughs> yeah work i like that cool um so as always you guys thank you so much for listening we say this every episode but please share like subscribe rate write whatever do the thing again if you're listening just go ahead and screenshot this episode and load it to your instagram story we'll post it on ours just to keep the buzz going and yeah thank you so much for listening do you have anything to add well let's you say that <laughs> yes please, you can follow us on instagram at fruit snacks pod and you can also write to us <laughs> through email at freesnackspod <laughs> at gmail.com. Girl, I was about to forget. <laughs> um, but as always, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will Thanks. catch you next week on Fruit Snacks. Hey, guys. So this week on Fruit Facts, we just have one little fact check to clarify. I think Shane said it's Glasgow. It's actually pronounced Glasgow. That's the common pronunciation of the city. It's a popular city in Scotland, and it's not Glasgow. It is Glasgow. As always, thank you guys so much for listening to Fruit Snacks, and we'll catch you next week.